and good morning, everybody. Um, it's great to um, for us to be together again <clears throat> to come and share God's word. Um, welcome to um, every visitor who has joined us today, um, and welcome to everyone. Just want to um, pray and. Uh, then we'll continue to look into the word of God. Father, we just come before you this morning. We pray, Lord, that you will just come and touch and change us and help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. Father, we pray that you will help us, Lord, to know you more and to draw closer to you. We thank you for your strength and for your help and for your illumination of your word in jesus name amen amen all right um just want to um look into god's word today and wanted to say um really um the different words that have been shared over the past few weeks have been really great um with john mark on revival and olu on faith um, Lynette on the Holy Spirit and um, Pastor Mecca on the secret place or prayer. Um, each one of these words are connected and they're, they're this timely words for this season that we're in. Um, and I just want to continue to encourage us as a church and as individuals to really hear what the Spirit is saying um, during this season. Um, and in this time of us as a church, with so much going on, um, these words are really, really um, key. So I'd encourage you, as you continue to hear these words, that you really draw from it what the Spirit is saying specifically and uniquely to you, because God is wanting us to apply it to our own lives in a very unique way. So I want to ask this question, and you know you can answer it in your mind. Um, if I was to ask you the question, who the most influential person on the earth is right now, who do you say it is? Some people may say it's um, Nancy um, Palusco. Um, the, she's one of the speakers in the United States. Some may say Boris Johnson, or others might even say Donald Trump, believe it or not. Um, others in, in the world of um, moving away from politics, maybe into science, maybe Michael Green, who's the British um, physicist, and who's taken over like um, Stephen Hawking's position. But really, to be honest with you, the most influ influential person upon the face of this earth today is are those who know how to pray and get their prayers answered. It's those who know how to pray and get their prayers answered because they are positioned to release the tremendous power of God and can change the landscape 
of leaders, of nations, of com and communities. And in the days that we're living in, and in, in the days to come, and having this mighty weapon of prayer at our disposal and exercising it, it will help us immensely. Now, the last time I spoke, um, I spoke on um, eight conditions that would help us in seeing answers to prayer. And just by way of recap, because I feel that it was a great basis to build upon as well. Um, so number one, putting your, uh, your faith um, in action or, use, or having faith. Number two was praying in the name of Jesus. Number three was coming with praise and thanksgiving. Number four, approaching God boldly with no condemnation. Number five, our motives. Number six was right relationships. Number seven, being directed by the Holy Spirit. And number eight, um, praying according to his word. And with that in mind, I, I want us to continue to um, look at the, the area of prayer um, because we want to really delve in and understand exactly what it is, um, what prayer really is, and go just at that bit, that bit deeper. Um, I want us to look at the the aspect of the the Lord's prayer. Now, each of us have learnt this by heart, maybe at school, or our parents taught us. And there are there are two accounts of the Lord's prayer. One in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, and another in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. And I'm going to read the account from Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 13, from the King James Version. And it reads this, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly but when you pray use not vain repetitions as the heathens do for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking be not ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Verse 9, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen now the lord's prayer is not a creed that we should chant or just something that we should recite but the lord's prayer is a way of us touching the heart of God. And it's a way that we are to approach God. And I think it would be wise to just look at the first few parts of the um, verse five. Um, and verse six, etc. And it says this, it says, and when and, and before I go on, we're actually looking at the aspect of how not to pray, because it's all well and us all good and knowing how to pray, but we know we need to know how not to pray. And in verse five, it brings out the point here. It says that, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. For they love to pray in the synagogues, in the corners of, of the streets, to be seen of men. So when we are praying, it mustn't be, be like a show for everybody. It mustn't be like, oh, I'm here. I've arrived. And this is what Jesus is saying, because he says that those who have that type of attitude, they will have their reward. And the people that will reward them will be men. If you want to be seen when you're praying. Then in verse six, it reads, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into your closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to your father in secret. And thy father which seeth shall in secret shall reward thee openly. Then it goes on into verse seven to say, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. So in other words, when you come before the Lord to pray, we're not to use eloquent words. We don't need to come before the Lord to say, oh, gracious, heavenly father, we thank you for this magnificent throne of grace where your grace is dripping with love and mercy. You don't need to be coming with words like that. We just need to come and really pray from our heart and express to God the things that are in our hearts as we come and we pray in faith before him. Now, let's look at how to pray. And now we're going to begin to look at the Lord's Prayer. And if we look at the aspect of 
our father now there are many 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 things that can be said about our father but the, these the, there's these two words are so very powerful and um, in these two words i'm just going to highlight a few things which um, i feel would be really useful to us to um, learn so in looking at the words our father it brings out the point of a relationship between god and man he's our heavenly father and we're in communion with him we're listening to him he's listening to us we speak with him he speaks to us and there's dialogue and then in looking at the word our father we see and understand about the fatherhood of god about how god really loves us and has a, has so much great compassion for us and a desire to want to give and a desire to pour out his heart before his children in any way that would benefit and help them and so at times you know we you know in our past some of us have had bad experiences with our father and the way that we've perceived our natural father at times can affect the way how we view our heavenly father and that can actually affect us in the sense of how we come before him we could come before the lord if you've had a negative experience potentially you can come before the lord in an unhealthy manner each time you come before him you know so instead of coming with um freely if you've had a negative experience of fear you could potentially come before the lord with fear and terror before the lord and with the father heart of god he expresses so much love and gratitude that he wants us to know that he is here for us he stretches out his hands ready to embrace us in whatever way in whatever however we're feeling however whatever we're going through whatever we've done whatever we um, have done that has made us feel ashamed and filthy he wants to embrace us as his father and this is the father heart of god and in understanding the father heart of god it will really help us in approaching god in the right way we will approach him freely we'll approach him without any intimidation we'll embrace him and heal him and will he'll embrace us with his love and with his acceptance of whatever has happened to us or whatever has taken place in our lives and whatever is making us feel the way that we do
The scripture says that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And then in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then finally, in Isaiah 65, verse 24, it reads, I will answer them before they even call to me, while they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. These scriptures points out, brings to our attention about how God is so giving and he is, he just can't wait to give and to pour out to his children the things that they need. And one of the other things that I think when in looking at our father, which is really important, is this, everything comes from God and from him alone, because he is the true source. Now, God is our true source. And it's not our jobs, it's not our talent, it's not our businesses, it's not our brother or our sister or our friend or our parents. Even though God may use them as conduits or avenues of blessings, ultimately God is the source. He's not a source. He is the source of all our many blessings. The scripture reads in the book of James chapter 1 and verse 17. It reads that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, it reads, If you start thinking to yourselves, I did all of this and all by myself. I am rich. It's all mine. Well, think again. Remember. But God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is today. God is the one who gives us the strength. The scripture says in the book of Acts, that it is in him that we live and move and have our being and everything comes from him. We are 
only stewards of the things that we have, the things that we possess, the clothes that we have, the finances that we have, the home that he has blessed us with, everything that we have, we are stewards of it. And God has given it to us. But we are not the ones that have got this by our own strength or ability. He may have supplied that strength, but it was it is ultimately and only him that has given us these things. The scripture also says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything on this earth, in this planet, belongs to him. So not so so let's look at some of the major um before, actually before I do that, let me just mention this. This example I saw it on TV. I was watching a film one time and I saw um a, a, a businessman behind his desk in a corporate office and he was having a discussion with somebody. And then all of a sudden, the door burst open and it was his child running saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. The person who the businessman was sitting with looked around, was startled, but the child ran round and jumped into the arms of her dad. And right there was an example of what it is like that when we come before the throne of grace we can come in with no restrictions no restraints in fact his love restrains doesn't restrain his his love is just overflowing and there are no restrictions we can come boldly before him before him we can come freely before him and he will embrace us because we are his children and he is our God. And God is waiting for us to come before him. And he's not, um, not, he's not waiting to beat us from the, 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 from the moment we've done wrong, but he's waiting with his arms outstretched wide, ready to embrace and receive you and I for who we are and whatever we've done. It doesn't matter where we've come from. It doesn't matter what we've said. All God is wanting is for us to come before him and bring our hearts as we are, because ultimately he is the one that will change us. We cannot change ourselves. And it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that will come and bring change and bring transformation as we come into his presence. The Bible says in the book of First Peter, chapter 5 and verse 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for you for he cares for you god really cares for you and i 
today. And it is, his, it is the Father's delight for in helping us. And as we approach him, he just as we, we when we even make that decision to come before him, he's just delighted. He can't wait to spend time as we as he hears our petitions and he hears our cry next we see that the prayer um in, in the lord's prayer it says where it says our it doesn't say my father it says our father and this indicates beyond the possibility of mistake the truth of brotherhood the brotherhood of man and it forces um, upon our attention at the very beginning the fact that all men are indeed brethren the children of one father and there's no neither Jew nor Greek there's neither bond nor free there's neither um, there's no there's no discrimination um and and let me just say this um i know we've been having um seeing a lot about um in the news about black life matters and we've we've seen the the brutal killing of um black um people both men and women but we have a chance um brethren to make a difference and to show the love of christ just like the good samaritan that showed the love to the Jew that was robbed and beaten. And this Samaritan because um, was, and in fact, the Jews and the Samaritans were enemies, but the Bible says how the priest came along, how the Levite came along and they walked by, but the Samaritan, he, he he healed the wounds of this Jew who was beaten and bruised. He put him up in a hotel. He took care of him and he showed him love. So we have an opportunity to show love to our fellow um, um, brother or sister and even those of different colors, it doesn't matter. And I just want to show you something, um, John Mark, if you can get it ready, um, just to display it on the screen. I wanted to show this picture because I felt that this picture really demonstrated a classic way of showing love to your enemy. How this protester, the Black Lives Matter, he carried the, the counter-protester to somewhere to get um, help because he was injured. And I thought that was beautiful. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, I have no idea. But the point is, here is a classic example of showing mercy and showing kindness. And this is something that we can do in, in our everyday lives. God will bring us opportunities. Thank you, John Mark. You can take off the screen now, thank you. God will bring us opportunities to show love and to show mercy 
to those who who've despitefully used us, for those who have displayed um, things that have been horrible and hurtful towards us, because God will be ultimately be the one to give us the strength to show love and kindness to people. And through this, people will come to know Christ because ultimately it's a heart issue um, where, the, where mankind's spiritual condition needs to be changed. And that's what will ultimately change um, the, the, the hearts that, uh, where people um, have um, hatred towards different um, nationalities, etc. So we have a chance to make a difference and um, the Holy Spirit can help us to do that. I want to move on to the next section, who art in heaven, who art in heaven. It says here, as we, so as we come before the Lord in heaven, there is a, a recognition that God lives in a different realm to us. And that as we come before him, we have to come before him with faith. And in his realm, the, there's in his realm, there's, there's, there's possibilities, there's miracles, there's ideas, there's solutions, and there's answers. But he lives in the realm of light and faith. And as we lift up our hearts before God, and as we lift up our hearts and recognize that it's not by might, it's nor by power, but it is by his spirit. And we put our trust in him. God can cause those things that are impossible, those circumstances and situations that are just beyond our thinking, that just seem totally impossible as our confidence is placed in him, then God will be able to move and display the impossible in the situations that we need him to intervene in. The next part of the prayer I would like us to look at is hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. First Samuel chapter two and verse 30 or 27 to 30, it reads this. One day a man of God came to Eli and gave him his, this message from the Lord. I revealed myself to your ancestors when they were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. I chose your ancestor Aaron from among all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense and to wear the priestly vest as he served me. And I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you priests. So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? 
Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people Israel. Verse 30. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promised that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priests, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. And so with this scripture is talking about honoring and reverencing God. Hallowed be thy name. So as we come before the Lord, we are recognizing we're, we're reverencing him. So hallowed, it means like holy. We're reverencing and we're saying that, hey Lord, we reverence you, we fear you, we recognize that you're holy. And even as we come before the Lord, whatever sin in that we know that we have done, knowingly or unknowingly, we bring it before him and we bring it before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help us. And even though and even though we may um, feel um, filthy when we come and we um, confess our sin before him and we, we take it by faith, we, we believe that he has actually cleansed us as we've asked for his forgiveness, then we can continue to enjoy the benefits in being in his presence and continue to um, show uh, the reverence and the honor because just like that child when she ran into the office the, uh, the example I gave earlier because she knew her daddy was there we definitely must have that but there needs to be that balance of reverence and the godly fear knowing that he is the God of the universe and that all power belongs to him and all dominion belongs to him so where there is that healthy fear and reverence we are coming before the lord and we're coming with um, reverence and godly fear number four thy kingdom come thy will be done thy kingdom come thy will be done this aspect of the prayer is talking about prioritizing his kingdom putting his kingdom first and having our lives bent towards christ's um, nature and his will for our lives and so the Lord from time to time, he will definitely be asked, he'll ask us, um, he'll ask us to do certain things and to carry out certain things in our lives um, so that his name can be glorified, his name could be lifted up. It might be to, to, to maybe give something to someone, maybe sow a seed into somebody, you know, 
to, to give um, a sum of money. For others, it might be to, to, to make a cake and give it to this person down the road. But whatever it is, I want to encourage you today to do it. Whatever the Lord has placed upon your heart to do. The scripture read, reads in, in Acts chapter 13, verses 35 to 36, it says, Therefore, he also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. So he completed the will of God for his life. What is the will of God for you? What is the will of God for me? As we seek him, as we call upon him, as we call upon the Lord with all our hearts, and we ask him, Lord, what is the will, your will regarding my life? Why you've made me, my calling, my existence, my reason for being here on this earth. Lord, what is your will for my family, for my finances, for my, what is your will in my workplace? Or what is your will, Lord, for my business? Or what is your will, Lord, for my health? Lord, help me to recognize this, how I should eat. So with these different things, we need to continuously bring these areas before the Lord, because with these areas, they're, they're, they're evolving. They're changing all the time. And God is always bringing something to us, to the full for us to address, to do, so that his kingdom can be glorified, so that his name can be lifted, so that he can be truly exalted. Because at the end of the day, just when Jesus was about to leave the earth, he says, not thy will, but your will be done. And as hard as it was at the time when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he knew that God was going to leave him and the sins of the world, the entire sins of the world was going to come upon him. He knew that doing the will of God, regardless of whatever he would face would come upon him, but he knew that it would benefit the world and it would save and set men free and open the door for mankind to come back into communion with God, into relationship. When we understand the will of God for our lives, we will always 
do our best to, to position ourselves, our lives, in such a way that God can truly have a tr the true expression in our, in our lives so that his kingdom can come and his will can be done so that souls and lives can be touched people can be encouraged people can be set free people can receive hope because each of us have been placed in unique areas of life some have been placed in the in the financial um, industry and some have been placed in um, in, in when it comes to engineering but whatever industry wherever god has placed you it is a unique area that he wants you to reach out to people to touch the hearts of people to touch the lives of people so that they can be set free so that their lives can be transformed because he did not come to, for the sick, but he came for those, he did not come for those who are well rather, but he came for those who were sick so that they can be set free by the power of God and have an intimate and deep and meaningful relationship with God the Father. I want to, um, finish there for today i want to pray for us and with the different parts that i've mentioned that have spoken to you i just want to just um, pray that god will continue to minister to you in those areas so that we can be more like him father we come before you and we just pray that you will just continue to touch and move upon our hearts lord in the area of prayer lord as we learn more about you as we understand more about the area of prayer we pray father that you will help us in ev in every area every every aspect lord that we'll really see you as our heavenly father in a deeper way that the father heart of god will be revealed to us more and more and more father that you will continue to move and touch us father in in the area of your kingdom lord that you will help us to ensure lord that we we are seeing your kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven lord and in touching us and, and in helping us in the area of reverencing your word lord help us and reverencing you lord even as we come into your presence father help us to reverence you and to honor you more and father we thank you we just commit your people and every one of us into your hands. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.